Hello, everyone, and welcome to the American Scouser Podcast. What a difference the difference <laughs> makes, by the way. We looked definitely probably more realistically uh, big as we should. <laughs> but we it's Monday. We are back. American Scouser Podcast. Welcome to it. I'm your host, as always, Timuchin here in Chicago. With us this week is Gally, as always. Gally, what's happening? Ah, you know, just another day. Just another Monday. Happy. It is a happy Monday, actually. It hasn't been that shabby. And with us today, after causing havoc in New York, very knowledgeable and very purple, uh, Bickler is with us today. Bickler, what's happening? Yeah, I'm good. We got all the kids are back from sleepaway camp, so we got 60 minutes to do this before I can rip all the duct tape off them and uh, get them out of the closet. So. Yeah, it sounds like there's going to be major construction because he asked for black bricks before the show so he can build the wall like yep. we have going over here behind us. So we'll get that work. Get the kids working on that. Get some bricks, get some water, and get into action. But we always start. Uh, Alan is with us as always. Uh, Brian, good evening to everyone. Let's get the show on the road. And the best way to get the show on the road is the most popular segment of all, trivia. Uh, I'm actually like trivia is so popular, guys. You know, how popular, you know, uh, trivia is so popular <laughs> that I get like questions sent from like four or five different sources now every week. But for once, I had done my own homework, kind of sort of. I have prepared my own question, so it didn't go lazy. So we'll go with that one. We're going to talk about in a little bit about Fab and his possible sale or pending sale or whatever the case might be. If it happens in the dollar amount that is being initially discussed, it would be actually looks like about like our fifth highest sale of a player. So this is going to be great because there's I mean, there's wrong answers, I guess. But you guys should be able to get some of the answers right. Give me the top 10 sales of Liverpool to date. 10? It's going to be recent. Dude, I wasn't prepared for the two-hour pod. Hold on. Well, I was just going to say, you want to <laughs> just have this go the rest of the time. Me and Paul just yeah. ramble off sales until freaking 9.02. Um, I'll we'll go, go one by one, and then you guys should be able to, like, I think uh, we're going to get the 10 over here. Okay, Bickler, shoot number one. Okay. Who do you think is one? That should be an easy one. Coutinho. Done. Gally, you're up next. Give me another one. Uh, I don't think it's number two. It might be, but Suarez. Suarez is number two. Oh, my God. We're on the roll. What a Monday. Three. Bickler. Go. Uh, let's see. We did Coutinho. We did Suarez. Um, who is out there? Nobody likes him. Nobody likes him. I mean, at least everybody that leaves, nobody likes Uh Torres? Torres? Torres is four on the list. I mean, some people. Hey, like dude, him. we're doing well. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that was Torres. We got to stop at five. <laughs> Gally, that back was... to you. Who do you think would be three? Nobody likes him. I thought that was a good tip. Nobody likes him. Still gets booed every time he touches the ball. Come on, people. Let's do this. Oh, oh God, Raheem Sterling. Raheem Sterling. Oh, it was go. coming. It was coming there. I, I was going to go Torres next, honestly. So good shout. So, so we actually have. Top four right there. Top That's four our so top far. four. Yes. Well, these are the easy ones, so let's not get too yep. excited. Okay. Well, no, that, this is this is as good as we do. <laughs> Might as well. Yeah, answer. yeah I know. But yeah, it's going to get real hairy after this. I was – I see, I was going to go with Mane, and then you said really hated, and that thought – No, that was before. Sterling. We, that, we was missed, Sterling. that was we, Sterling. We got That's the hated one with Sterling. Right. Uh, Mane is definitely in the top ten, Paul. I would throw it out there because – I'll give you a layup you there. He's setting you up. If Come you on, don't, bro. I will. You know who went for a ridiculous amount that's got to be up there? I think Monty's there, but I also think Benteke's up here. So are you going with Benteke? No, I go on Mane. Mane is sixth, actually. Uh, fifth is... Xavier Alonso. Seven. Uh, give me the fifth. We already Was got it? Was it Zabi Alonso? Yes. Alonso is five. So now we're up to eight. This is where it gets really tricky and sticky, gentlemen. So Coutinho, Suarez, Sterling, Torres, Alonso, Mane, Benteke, and Bickler. I don't think anybody's going to get this, dude. More power to is you. It a, is it a center back? Is it who? 
Is it a center back? I think I know he's up there. I don't know. Is he? It's a center back, isn't it? <laughs> is it somebody who they, we almost left in Alcatraz? Well, I'm amazed. I, 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 I think I think Sako's yeah, up there. I, I yeah, was about Sako to say I think Sako's in the top ten. I am, He's eighth. I was amazed to see this, to be honest with you. But not that's yeah, that's it's wild. Been so many freaking years. And, we'll, and he's still number eight and said, this just shows that we haven't sold anybody in the last. I year. was just going to say, this yeah. just makes my point every yeah. single week. We're going to do it again tonight, I think. Um, oh, yeah, 17, 18. Yeah, these players would be like 60th on Manchester City's so, like outgoings. Well, how much How much was the Sacco deal? Uh, 28, 28.2, which honestly, even today's numbers is pretty high. So. so more power to Crystal Palace. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, they just like that fancy haircut. He was keeping barbers in freaking whatever part of London that is in in full while, effect. It I'll tell like you that. We got something shady going on is... with Palace because we sold him Benteke for 31 the season before and then uh, sold him Sacco the season it... after at 28. Number nine. We're back is... to you, Kelly. Is it Dom Solanke? He's number 10. Ah, I, I, I knew it was, which is still shocking well, and wrong. Fucking dumb people of Bournemouth. Yes. I mean, that that is like more power to them as well. Because even today's rate, that seems, I mean, I kind of look at it as, so this was like basically four seasons ago. And even now, it feels like that's like a really good amount that we fetch kind of thing if we sold them right now for that rate. But one left, Bickler. I'm trying to think. We had... We had this stretch where we had like a lot of academy kids good for good money to like Bournemouth, right? We had like Nico. I was up there around twenty. Um, Injury. Yeah, Ings is actually a pretty good shout. Danny Ings has got to be up there. I'll go Ings. Ings, it is. All right, number nine, twenty-five. Help from the that's crazy. I mean, I thought, honestly, like out of this list, I had kind of forgotten about Benteke. Maybe that's kind of like. Wait, so where is, is Mashuano less than Danny Ings going out? Mashuano is less than Solanke, dude. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> that's another shocker. That's yeah, crazy. He's 11, actually. And then right after that, he's the same as Nico, uh, which was obviously last offseason. Then you get uh, Jordan. That's Knight awful, and, man. Uh, Andy Carroll and the rest of the gang. But How much was uh, Rian Brewster? I felt like we fleeced them. You know, I don't. I don't know why I don't see him on this list. I thought he was twelve for thirteen. Oh, I thought he was one, but I could be wrong. Uh, I don't know if it was. I I don't see him on the transfer market list for some reason. But he was right there. He was like, um, because I want to say he was about like eighteen. So he was right up there, like in like 12, 13 or something well, like that. Honestly, out of this list, I was like literally shocked to see Sako. I was like, really? We got that much for him? Because I totally forgot that we did. If if you had given me five and a half minutes for me and Bickler to get 10 names properly correct yeah, out of well. about 12 total uh, opportunities, or I think actually it was our first 10 tries, we got all 10. I genuinely would have been like, I would have taken the over and then some. So... <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah, is, this is this is something player. else. I kind yeah, of feels like a feels was like a sober January one. pot or something. I don't know. <laughs> Sago was the only tricky one that I didn't know if you guys yeah. would be able to kind of uh, guess. But yeah, good guesses all around. See, well done. Don't we all love trivia now? I went easy this week to set the mood up. So let's really trash the mood now. Let's go to the transfer business. Uh, so kind of like Fab is the one that kind of started this. Uh, where are we at with this gentleman? Uh, Bickler, let's start with you over this. Uh, happy with what we're going to get one way or the other, it seems like, right? Yeah, I mean, look, there's still a lot of questions about, like, you know, whether this club can pay this amount up front, which is, you know, I don't love the fact that it's going to come in installments, it looks like, but I do think 40 about it is as good as it gets for Fabinho, who... I think a lot of us are conveniently forgetting how bad he was last year for long stretches of the season. Like he was good. <clears throat> like one of every three matches, maybe if we're being generous. Right. And I think that's, that's a real problem for somebody um, his age in his position who takes on so much responsibility in that midfield. 
Um, I hate that he's going, but I understand it. And I think it's good business to cash in on that. I hate the, the I hate the CDM market right now. It's super shallow. And I think it's like, there seems to be a real drop between the top CDM talent and everybody else. And I think that's, you know, we're talking big money for Labia, but that dude is not like, he's going to be a stud, but he, in, in terms of stepping in, uh, I don't know that he's at that level where he's going to just step in and really swing out of the gates. And I think that's going to be tough. I mean, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. And I think, you know, we talked about this when we were adding midfielders, we talked about the, uh, like how practical McAllister was. And I think this is where that kind of comes in because he played the majority of his games last year as a CDM. Granted, it was a lot of times in the double pivot, but when Casado had to go to right back with the injuries, he played a lot in that lone six role. So I think as a Swiss Army midfielder, like, you know, he's kind of like a jackknife in where we can probably fit him in there if we need to. So um, it's – I don't think it's as dire as some people think it is. Um, it'll be real interesting to see what happens here, though. But 40 for Fab is good business. Yeah, we were talking about it this morning. Uh, Gally, actually, you were in, the, like, the live audience. By the way, uh, every well, not every morning, guys got to sleep. Uh, but Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, uh, 9 a.m. Central, uh, we do the morning coffee show. And we're doing it with the Polish Prince this morning. And one thing that came up, and maybe I set the parameters too short, Gally, as a year. You think if this offer came two seasons ago, we would kind of scoff at this. But with his recent form last year, everybody, including like Shelton in the comments, was saying, take it and run. I think in the morning when we were talking about it, I said a year back, but I kind of forgot how we finished the season before. So you think we go back two seasons, and if somebody came in and said 40, we would like, get the hell out of here. Whereas yeah. now, after seeing last season, we're like, yes, please. Yeah, and I, I think to your point and to Paul's, it's, it's more like 18 months, which was the second half of the quad you know, quest season, you know, the quest for four, two <laughs> nil nil freaking draws and you get some cups on penalties, you son of a bitch. Um, but like I was talking about it that spring, right? That I saw a decline in him. He looked like a different player. It really wasn't until the Champions League final against Real Madrid that he really had a good performance after January or February of, tw of 2022. And then 2023 is just completely a lost year for him. And I think this is the best you can ask for. You've had a guy five, six years. He's won everything. He's played way too many minutes. If there is a player who is the poster child for not rotating enough, it's fab. Because we ran this dude into the ground. We took a world-class player. Actually, we took a really good player. And we made him world-class. Yeah. And we ran him into the ground. Like, that's all there is to it. And... For me, I think I said this in the comments. Um, I don't hold it against Fab. And we've talked about the generational money. And let's put the, the social aspect of going to Saudi Arabia aside. The decision for a player like Fabinho, who's at the crossroads of his career at the highest level, to go take a three-year deal at way more money than he knows he's worth, is basically a guy telling me, I don't want to fight with a bunch of kids and the Swiss Army Knife McAllister, I don't want to fight any longer at the highest level for my position in a side. I want to go somewhere I'm guaranteed to play, collect a big-ass paycheck, and I'll go back to Brazil with a, you know, literally a boatload of money. And if that's his decision, then that's best of luck. But to me, that lets me know it's the right decision because that guy's not getting back to top form unless he wants to fight for it. And he doesn't anymore. And that's the thing. When we were talking about players, I don't know if it was like last week. Heck, I mean, it could have been like any of these weeks. We were talking about like, you know, going into this offseason, not knowing which player we're going to get at the, you know, in the preseason and coming forward. Like, you know, and Fabinho was definitely one of them, along with Van Dyke and stuff like that. So I think the fact that we didn't know exactly which fab we're getting makes it a lot easier decision. And I don't think this was in the plans at all, mind you. But I think when it comes to the table... It's a lot easier to say, okay, that's fine, because we kind of knew it was kind of like a roll of the dice anyway to see which Fabinho we're going to get. So we were talking, you were talking about like the payment plan and stuff, Bickler. Do you think that affects how this money is used now? Or because it was kind of not in the plans, we got to kind of come up with a plan and whatever the price is we're going to end up paying for it. 
Like, do we put on top of it and go after somebody, or do we go, well, nobody we wants this available crap, and you know, wait till next offseason? Well, I mean, history would tell you if we don't find, if we don't have the guy that we really want, we're not. We'll wait, right? Um, but I'll tell you that, like, this squad is not in a position to do that. So I think. Do I know what we're going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. I know what I do, and I know what the club historically has done. But, like, I think there are just so many unknowns and so many variables. I don't think anybody knows. So, um, to me, I don't think you have a choice. I think you have to go invest at least one more. I know there's a resurging Curtis Jones. I know we spent and got two key pieces for the midfield. I know that there are pieces behind it that can play, whether it's Bichetic. I Look, that kid's injury is one that derails careers in a big way, and it's a reoccurring injury. So, like, I think people, like, putting their money in that kid being back and going to fight into the CDM role, I think are being incredibly naive. Um, so uh, I, I, I personally don't feel like we have a choice. I feel like we have to go add another piece. Now, whether we, like, the club feels that way or not, I, I think we're going to find out. So, Well, I, mean, I guess, Gally, I'll forward the same question to you, and then I'll add one more variable to the equation, uh, handle as possible. I mean, I think it's a no-brainer that if both leave, definitely somebody has to come in. But do you think it affects in which way we spend that money? If Henderson goes as well? Yes. Yeah, I, I think if Henderson goes, you have to bring in two players. You need one who can walk in and start, and then you need another player player that offers cover at probably at least two positions in the midfield as like a project. And I think that's where like the Graven Birches and the, and the, those names come up because they can play in the six, they can play in the eight, they can play in a double pivot. I think Lavia can do that as well. Um, it really matters too where you're playing Trent. Cause if you're playing, going to play Trent in this formation as an inverted winger, where the idea is that he's going to sit in a double pivot and, and you thought he was going to do it next to, Fab, to Paul's point, he can do that next to McAllister. Now you're just putting a shit ton of pressure on Curtis Jones because he's now your starting left side at midfielder along with, you know, Slojabal. And then you have Tiago as cover and Harvey. And that's just not enough. Like, that's why you need, you need two players, in my opinion. And I think you need one that can walk in and start. Um, and really, I think you want one that's Premier League ready, and that's a lot harder to find. Because I think it goes back to what Victor was saying. I mean, I was talking about this morning. Doesn't this open the door to the sporting director to find that for that second player, especially? Go get us a gem that you know in Germany. I mean, that's the strength for the cheap. And then we use this money, especially if both go, then you're talking like 40, 50, whatever. And then you do get Lavia and stuff like that. But one question that came up, I want to ask you guys and get your guys' take on it. Would you rather go with a young? Uh, Lavia, who has Premier League experience, but obviously still has room to grow, or do you go after Tromeni or somebody like that? Would you prefer, I should say, a player like that who probably has more experience overall, still young, but doesn't have Premier League experience? Bickler. If I had to pick one for this squad in this situation, I'm going with somebody like Amrabat, who's 26 years old and can play multiple positions and is actually a left-sided midfielder. Like, that's the thing I think a lot of people are missing on this, is, like, we've got McAllister, we've got Soboslai, we've got some pieces here. Even the people that we're linked with are almost all primarily middle or right-sided midfielders. So I think um, that's the guy that makes the most sense to me, just both the versatility uh, in, in where he's at in his professional career. I know – I think United's got the inside track on this one, but I, that's that's who, who makes the most sense to me. How about you, Yon? Uh, it's a good shout by Paul. It is amazing, right? He was the guy everybody wanted in January because he came off a great World Cup. We didn't buy him in January, and now anytime people bring him up, he's not the quality that this side needs. It's just craziness. Um, what a world six months changes. I could see us winning that fight, though, if we really went for him, just because does he want to come to the Premier League? He's going to make Premier League money no matter what. Do you rather have a chance to start from day one, or would he rather sit behind Casemiro? And he's not going to start over Casemiro, and they're not going to play a double pivot because they already have Bruno Fernandez to drop deep if they need it. So I, I the United shout is more for cover. I like Amrabat. You know, I made a comment 
I think maybe yesterday on the pod that I appeared on for us and also in, in some Facebook group got slated today. And I didn't mean it like a long-term move. I, I think that's what the team needs is like a guy like uh Hoybier from Spurs. Like they need an adult, like an adult in the room to walk in. He's been at yeah. two different Premier League teams and what he's proven the whole time is he's no star, but he can start every day. Player. He can he's start every day and do a job. Do I know we could get him? I know Atletico Madrid is trying to get him out of, out of there right now. But to me, that's the type of player because he walks in, he brings leaderships, he brings a little calm, and he brings like the ability to break up the press. And he's Premier League proven. And he's proven it in a bigger side. I'm not saying he's a long-term answer, but if you got him in Labia, I feel like you have a guy to start right now and you have the guy to take his job in 18 months, and everybody yeah. wins. And that kind of says a lot that somewhere. I don't think it's a bad shot at all. He's not that old. He's only 27. But here's the thing. I mean, obviously, this is what transfer market values him at. 45. That does seem really high, doesn't it, Pickler? For Hoiberg? Yeah, I, I I don't know what's what's forty million nowadays. Do you know what I mean? For for especially yeah. for a starting for a starting for a starting midfielder, yeah, Fab's what thirty. So if you're saying that we're we're gonna give away a, a broken player for forty and then go and get somebody like Hoiberg, and I think you know the fact that Atletico is in for him kind of tells you all you need to know about the player. He's yeah. a dog. He's a dog in the midfield, and, that, and that's I, what you want. That's yeah. what I kind of felt like. We all talk yeah. about what we lose if we lose Henderson, and I know we'll get there, Tamucha. I didn't mean to jump in. Yeah. I just wanted to timestamp the pod that you said one of my thoughts was a really good original idea at 21 <laughs> and a half minutes. When was this? Can what we make that a short somewhere? Shut this down. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why why I that. this week, so we won't be able to clip this up. Yeah, that's why I timestamped that Every it. single article that goes out, whether it's relevant or not to the article. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think that's a good shot in terms of the type of player, like the profile. That price seems awfully high, but obviously the transfer market prices are a little inflated. That's not really what usually what players go for afterwards. But that's the kind of player you do need. I do like the concept of bringing somebody who knows what they're doing, especially if we're losing Henderson as well. So let's get to that because we're talking about it earlier. Um, I think... Brian mentioned in the comments that you know it's a business decision for these guys to go. I don't know. At least I speak for myself, for somebody who has freaking backed freaking Hendo for the last decade over here against people who do not understand soccer and his value. And I am extremely disappointed that he would sell out because there's no other explanation for it that he's selling out to go to Saudi Arabia. And at the whole thing about you know, now all these handle haters trying to put a sleeve on this by saying, oh, he talked to Klopp. Klopp didn't say, he said he's not going to get minutes. I highly freaking doubt that Hando is going to Saudi Arabia to play 90 minutes. It's just all about money if he's not starting. And I don't know. I'm like extremely disappointed in that sense. Like Fab, and obviously Bobby ran the contract out and stuff like that. It is what it is. I don't expect him to be that loyal to the club and the mission and everything like that. But we're talking about a guy who's a captain, not to mention he has been an exemplary guy off the pitch with what he, how he carries himself, the stuff he said. And to me now, this has all been a scam and a sham. I just feel extremely disappointed. I feel like a kid that, you know, his, <laughs> like his, his role model just freaking got caught doing something really wrong because that's how it feels to me. If he sells out, I think he still has a way out of this if this thing doesn't happen. But where are you with this galley? I'm going to disagree with you. There's no way out of this. He had a way out of this a week ago when reports came out literally a week ago Friday that he had agreed to the deal and he wanted to go and he asked to leave. He had a way out. He could have went to the podium and said, this isn't true. These are all just stories. People are linking me there because Stevie went there, whatever he had to say. Has he has done one way or the other, though, or he has, has not. Uh, he acknowledged basically just acknowledged that there is business happening at the club. When yeah. asked if he was surprised to be in Germany, he didn't say, Why would I be surprised? I'm the captain of Liverpool Football Club and it's preseason. He's like, There's business being done. Here's the thing I said it this morning. I know you don't like to hear it. 
when there's this much smoke, there's real fire. And the fire's there. And the only reason, the only person that helps that there are stories out in the media is Jordan Henderson, if he wants to leave. And all he has to do to dissuade that is say, I don't want to go anywhere. And Klopp has clearly been a little irritable in the training sessions. I know they catch all the pictures with his big-ass grin on the bikes and kicking it around in the midfield today. But it, it is different, and there's a different feel to it, and it feels like it's real. And the guys that are talking, when it's Ornstein, when it's Neil Jones, when it's Melissa Reddy, these are all people that get things from players. And this feels a lot like it's all coming from the player because there's no positive for the club right now. They can't win in this situation. See, I don't know because I feel like out of all those names, I think we were talking about this earlier as well. I mean, King is one that we know has the inside Rato Hando having written the, the biography and stuff like that. So I felt like anything that's coming from him has a bit more of a, like a weight to it. Whereas I can see Stevie G using his freaking connections and stuff like that in the Saudi Arabian side. Because obviously, the more Handel looks like he wants to steal, it's easier for them to negotiate a lower price. I think they were hoping that Klopp would be like, well, you know, you've been loyal. I'm not going to stand in your way. But I think maybe, is it the timing you think that prevents Klopp from saying that, Bickler? Because this maybe, if this happened in June, I could have maybe seen Klopp saying, hey, if you want to go, we're not going to stand in your way. You've been great for the club. Have a nice life. Uh, but it feels like because of the timing, we're a bit more of a stickler in terms of getting money for it. I mean, I think we can say timing definitely plays a factor into it. But I think it just has to do with who it is, who you're losing. Like, and it's amazing to me how many people – like, I'm, I'm reading online and people are, like, not okay with Fabinho leaving for $40 million, but they're okay with Henderson leaving for ten. And that's, that's like, absolutely wild to me. Wild to me. And apparently the club agrees with me because they didn't want to leave, let him leave for anything less than 25. Because, like, what you leave – what you lose from a leadership standpoint and, like, what he does to the fabric of that locker room and all the additional things that come with being a captain and, like, what he means to the community and stuff, like, you can't just go out on the market and buy that. Like, I mean, it, it, it's like it, – it is – really really difficult to go and replace a player like that and i think that has more to do with it than the timing um but i'm with you man it feels like a betrayal it feels like a betrayal to the core not only the fact that it happened in in general including two of our, our club legends but the fact that henderson didn't come out and get in front of it in any way um right. and i think that like it's interesting like i basically was very critical of this and i got absolutely blasted on social media by mostly Liverpool people, like local Liverpool people, which I find incredibly interesting because of like the ethos behind a blue collar city who's primarily like fairly liberal left leaning um, in saying that like he has every right to go chase this money because it's, you know, he's protecting his, his future generations. And it's like, look, can we stop talking about Jordan Henderson? Like he works at Subway and is going at like getting, a, getting like, and going and getting like a six figure salary. Like the dude has generational wealth already. And like, if we're talking about like, Oh, well, he wants minutes. No, he doesn't dude. People go chase minutes in lower leagues when they're in their early twenties to try to go get that contract. Right? Like you don't go when you're 34 years old to go chase minutes in another league because you're not your next contract. You're not, not playing for your next contract and like i get it it's a lot of money like a ton of money i get that but i just think like for everything jordan henderson has built his brand at liverpool on and what he stands for he basically just destroyed it in a series of days because like everything that he's doing here really stands against what he's built his brand on are those people saying that because they don't appreciate the value of hando anyway you think galley like if it was I don't know, let's say if it was Diaz doing this or Mo doing this or somebody else doing this that, you know, everybody is like, oh, he's such a good player, blah, blah, blah. Would it be more of an outrage and people would not come out and be like, he's taking care of his grandkids and that bullshit? I think he's doing it because he's British, be quite well, honest. I do too. I, I think they're protecting him a little bit because he's British. I think it is the fact that it is a very it is a very modest area where people don't make a lot of money, so they see and hear these opportunities, and they do kind of put these players for whatever reason, good or bad, like almost like they're they're going through it with them. Like the, the, those those aren't the same scouts people. Just so we're all on the same page, um, 
and none of them live in Liverpool, by the way. But the the idea of what Henderson's going through and why it's such a big deal, to me, it all comes back to two years ago when he was up for his contract, right? And at that time, the club was trying to pay him like an aging player. And Henderson was looking for a payday like a player who was going to play. And he wanted assurances from Klopp that he was still in his plans to be like an everyday player. And if the reports are true, and there's some pretty solid reporting on this, there were multiple meetings between Klopp and Henderson, especially all of this started as soon as Social Ball signed. I'm telling you, he saw his replacement sign. He didn't think they were signing a player that would replace him because Thurm was years away from taking his job. Like, in his mind, Curtis Jones is years away. They signed two players, and Klopp was very honest with him. Those two players, at full strength, are ahead of you in the pecking order. And he started to realize he was Milner on this team. And he wanted no part of it. And the reporting says he did not want a smaller role. And that's from, like, the circles within the club. The guy, uh, I think it was Mo Lewis from the Anfield Rap was talking about it on SiriusXM this morning, saying there were murmurs in Liverpool saying, Jordan Henderson was saying things like, I am still a starter wherever I play or I don't play here. He has that much confidence, and I don't think he wanted to be a bit part player. And I'm telling you, Steven Gerrard got in his ear, and the one we should be angry at is Steven Gerrard because he used all of his experiences of getting benched on that Wednesday afternoon in Madrid in the middle of a Champions League run, and he's like, it was never the same again. Never once was it ever the same, not between me or the manager. And I don't think Jordan Henderson wants that. And believe it or not, I think he'd rather leave this way than sit on the bench and be an unused sub when you have five subs available to you. And I think he sees that happening possibly, and he didn't want it. And I... I I don't respect it, but I understand it because he's one of the best competitors I've watched in the last decade at that club. And I couldn't imagine him playing a small role. But and I think that's what I he's afraid buy. of. I think that's the exact reason why I don't buy that scenario, that he was going to sit on the bench. Because when I saw the training videos and I saw the dude and I was like, holy cow, he's ripped. And he looked like a dude who came to camp saying, not that fast. Nobody's getting the jersey from but, it. I agree, but but it's not that easy when they go out and spend that, that he's a guy money. Who didn't and, go in the past to stay and earn a spot. If he has that much confidence in saying he's a starter, and I highly doubt Klopp is like, I don't care how good you are. I'm only going to play you 50 minutes. Well, uh, here's the thing: canceled and starter. Time time was going to time catches up with every single player. Time is still undefeated. He runs. Last year, he didn't run. He was poor. We remember him as good because our midfield was so bad. He wasn't good last year. And statistically, I mean, it was his worst. Last year for it, but it was his worst year yet. And, and time is cu- catching up. I think the contract and if you think he didn't have conversations with Klopp about his playing time and that has something to do with this and him seeing the writing on the wall, Trent's moving of positions – him being dropped more into the six, he didn't want that. I mean, they let James Milner go, and I think there was a natural progression. He's falling down the pecking order. I just he didn't think, want like, to play so, cup games with kids. He didn't, and he doesn't. But, but if you're a competitor, right, if you're a competitor, I, you're 33 years old. Like, you, you're telling me you don't have the self-awareness to understand that, like, hey, I'd rather rotate out, contribute, and be a mentor to, my next, to the next captain of this club and, like, at least – like play a role in what we do here. No, I'd rather go to a league that nobody's going to watch with no path to Europe in like playing. Like, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like why you would go like the only thing that makes sense is like, you're not necessarily happy and you want four times the money you're making now. And like, and it's just, and that's just disappointing to me though. It's I disappointing agree. because like to me, Jordan Anderson doesn't have a reason bullshit. to be upset. Like, at 33 years old, you shouldn't be a starter. That's not in the best interest of any club. But I think I that's his thing. He, he believes thing. it. According to that theory, though, Gally, then we're saying if there was no Saudi Arabia, if somehow they couldn't sign him there and give him this money, according to that theory, he doesn't want to just sit. He would rather go to Southampton and start. Yeah, he would. Say. No, I do believe he would. I, I honestly think he'd be angling for a move right now. 
if he thought he was James Milner. Why did James Milner leave? James Milner left because they told him, you aren't even the bit part player. We want you to be on the backroom staff. And he said, I got a year or two left in me. I'm going to go help Brighton. This is what happens at most big clubs. The only difference is this is our captain who did it two weeks before the season started. And to me, you guys, and I know you said this this morning, Timuchin, like, could he be our number six? Is he the answer if Fab goes and you keep him? He can't stay at this point. Like, this is not in Klopp's DNA to keep him. I actually think he gets the armband stripped if he stays. I'm not kidding. Like, I, I, I think yeah, he's no, done... I don't know that at all. I, don't I, well, I, I, I feel like... I think I, he's I, done a reputable damage to a reputation that I didn't think could be solely, honestly. And I, I think us being as angry as we are because we are actual supporters of him, I, I, I think he's in real... Like, I think he gets booed by certain sets of supporters inside the stadium. Like, I think it got this bad. I, I, I genuinely do. And the fact he said nothing about it makes it 10 times worse because it actually gives it credibility. I think that actually opens the door for him. I, I don't know. I made a bid for his PR guy and made Clearly. a red statement ready for him like last Wednesday, I think it was. I mean, I can just clip that and send it to him and he can read that out and like be, you know, just fucking like sail, sail into the starting lineup eventually. But I think, I just don't think the backlash would be as much if he, <sighs> Because he hasn't said anything, I think that kind of buys him some space as opposed to him saying, yeah, like, you know, I would rather go and, you know, if he used the bullshit about playing time or something like that. Because I disagree. I don't think if that money is not dangling there and Stevie G is not freaking coming up with it, I don't think he leaves anywhere just because he's only playing 20 minutes or 30 minutes. He's not going to a lesser team to play 90 or whatever. Mm. Not to mention kind of like what this thing. I don't know which team is going to be telling Henderson, yeah, come over here. You're going to be in the starting 11 guaranteed. It's just such nonsense. And it's just another knucklehead move by Stevie G going to uh, – he's going to a league – where he's coaching one of the teams that's not owned by sovereign money. So he's going to finish fifth at best. He's got a transfer budget of 13 million, all of which he's going to spend on one 33 year old player. Like it's just, the whole thing is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It is uh, no offense. We'll be rooting against, not that he had a chance to start a hey, go do anything anyway. Cause he's not one of the four freaking teams owned by the guys who are going to win the league. Uh, that's a resume builder take right there, but uh, he will not be getting very far with that. And you know, if you're trans spending your entire transfer budget, I really think that yeah, he probably thought he could get Hando uh for free or something like that, but I just don't see that happening at this point. But we'll see what happens with that. So, let me ask you guys this, Bigfoot, well, let's start with you on this one. If because of all this, does that change the plans with Trent in any way? I think we were pretty much in agreement that we did not see him shifting to midfield this year with the two coming in and stuff like that. And the fact that we didn't sign in the center backs, does this force us or maybe give us the opportunity, if you look at it that way, to kind of change things around? Or is it too late in the game because it's freaking middle of July? I don't think this changes much of anything. I mean, I really think that – Henderson was going to be heavily rotated, right? So, I mean, I although I do think that the move to inverted right back essentially protected both players, I, I, I think that, like, what we saw from Trent being moved into that role uh, was such a, like, boost for not only Trent but the rest of the team that we were going to see variations of that regardless of who's in front of him. Yeah, I agree. But definitely, so we're sticking with the original plan, though. Like, he would not be going to midfield. Because there's a lot no, of... No, I don't think he's... No, I do, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. okay. So we're saying, Anybody who thinks that Henderson leaving is going to put Trent in midfield just wanted Trent to be in midfield to begin with. Right. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, everybody is like... People who were even on the fence now, they're like, well, now that these guys are well, gone, it's definitely going to happen. And I still don't think... Just because mainly we do not have... Enough center backs to go around. Uh, for I blame this entire thing on Galley saying that two things are going to happen on opening day that were going to disappoint people, and it was going to be Trent at right back. It was going to be Henderson in the starting lineup. And now look what you did, Galley. You jerk. <laughs> it is true. I did make that call, and like usual, things I say just upset the masses. Uh, so what do you expect then? Uh, how about you, Galley? I mean, you said you agree, but what do you expect to see in midfield now then, I guess, for that well, starting I mean, lineup against Chelsea? 
I mean, honestly, at this point, if Jordan Henderson is still on the side, he's going to play the six and and probably – and no one's going to like this. Jordan Henderson will play the six, and McAllister will start on one side, and Jones will start on the other. I still don't think he'll start Dominic if he doesn't have to at Chelsea in the first match on the road in the Premier League, if he doesn't have to. Um, it's looking more and more like he probably will. You know, we'll see how preseason goes. This is a huge preseason now. I think Paul's point about McAllister being able to play in so many different positions helps. It's it's why I really think if they're smart, they stay close to Bayern and they try to get Gravenberch and they hope that they have a chance to get Kane and they need to raise some funds. I don't want Goretzka. You know, that, that ship sailed five years ago when he picked Bayern over us then. Um, but I, I, I genuinely think he's probably the right piece right now for this midfield because he offers so much both playing in the double pivot or as a standalone six or pressing forward if you needed him to i expect us to play a lot of that back three kind of that inverted with trent tucking in when we're in possession and if that's happening you need someone who can play in the double pivot and i don't want to hear one more time i've read it a few times i don't want to hear one more time about tiago used to play in the double pivot i used to be 10 years younger too yeah (laughs) Thiago will be there's like he won't even stand up. He'll be in the sliding tackle. Uh, the the links from the kid time. from Benfica are interesting. That's an interesting one. Who? Yeah. Uh, the Lu- Luis from uh, Benfica, who has yeah. just absolutely had a phenomenal season last year. He's another young one. To me, he's like he's kind of in between like that, like locked in starter and Levy in terms of his development for me. I was just going to say, the issue there is he's had 28 appearances, but they were in Portugal. Lavia at least yeah. had 29 appearances getting relegated in the Premier League. It's crazy. Like, these are the guys we're about to spend 50 to $70 million on, which is why the market is so insane. I just don't know how you do this. Which I think is, like, why the Saudi Arabia thing is even, like, happening. Like, I mean, I think in, in I think the Premier League money got to the point where, like, if you're outside of the Premier League, you can't touch these players. So where do they go? Like, so I think the it, it almost primed the entire market for Saudi Arabia to happen. What do you think at the same time Premier League is happy that they can dump some of these people and get their 2030 back? Because, you know, if they have to be. Side, like, what would Chelsea do? I think you're happy. You're happy until you find out that Chelsea's getting bailed out of all their problems based on the fact that there is a league dumb enough to buy all their mistakes, right? And like well, and that's connected the, to that league. So uh, but the helps. crazy part to me is like the guys who would have been perfect, like we end up needing a midfielder for 40, 50 million, and we could have bought Ruben Nevis for 40, 50 million over the last three seasons and got a Premier League ready midfielder that would have improved us in multiple positions. Like there's so many of these players, but then you hear about West Ham getting turned down, you know, offering $45 million for Paulinha from Fulham and them saying 80. 80 will get the job done. If Paulinha is $80 million, well, then I guess maybe Drew Bellingham really is worth 130 <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy. Paulinha, he was good, really good. Like probably the best player on Fulham top to bottom all last season. $80 million? Get the fuck out of here. Is that because they already lost Mitrovic? They're like, we definitely don't want to get relegated, so we get relegated. Yeah, right well, I think that's the thing is these these players, these clubs are forced to put price tags on players that scare people away, right? I mean, I think I think they know that Paulinho is a player they can build around, and they just don't want. Same thing with, I mean, look, I I think that I think that Brighton did the same thing with Casado. I think Chelsea's just stupid enough to come in and do that, right? And right. I, they're like, Brighton's like, all right, well, I guess we're just gonna buy a new team at South Americans. Yeah. I think they have the the system to be able to replace them, and that's like a big ordeal. Like you look at a team like Ajax and stuff like that. Yeah, they can sell because they have the system already in place. The next guy is coming right up. The next guy is going to I don't think Fulham is in that situation. Michael Martin says, why am I the only one that would like us to consider Tyler Adams? Is that USA colored glasses? My answer yes. is yes. What is your answer, Gally? Oh, it's not you. If, if, if the question is, would you be interested in trying to take a flyer on Tyler Adams to play a role in your team? It's not USA colored glasses. I mean, the guy's been, he's been linked to big clubs in the past and he proved last year. I mean, you know, statistically he was the best defensive midfielder in the Premier League last year. And it wasn't even close tackles, won, tackles made dribbles, completed passes. He actually played well for Leeds when he was healthy. It was the best they were. Now the team was shit in his first year in the Premier League. There's a reason United, City, Arsenal were talking about moves from. 
problem with Tyler Adams is he plays less than the broken down players in our midfield, and he's in his early 20s. So for me, it's more of an injury thing. I think Tyler Adams is a really good player, probably the most technically gifted American player, honestly, all around. But, you know, that's a he's the project. The problem is we need an article, like a finished article. Let's be honest. If we could have gotten Calvin Phillips, the one playing every day that earned himself a starting spot in the England national team from Leeds, we'd take him right now because he was an established Premier League player. You don't want the Calvin Phillips who had their absolute fucking life shattered by Pep by him telling him you're not smart enough to figure out how to, you know, one touch, two touch pass. Like, and he hasn't turned down or picked a salad at the lunch bar in a while. So he's struggling with the stones he carries on him. But, you know, those are the types of players I really think we need. You just got to go through the league. The problem is there's, a, was, you know, there aren't I, many I like of them the anyway. We could just go get turned down by too many twice. That feels nice. Well, it just proves that he never wanted to come here in the first place. So no, he's he we'll up on social media liking posts that he's not going anywhere. <laughs> and then still the next day there's reports he's coming and people are like, and we could get too many. And I'm like, I'm like, the dude, dude doesn't want to come here. Well, yeah. Honestly, the whole the worst thing for me that has happened, aside from obviously, if Handel and Bobby leave at the same season, that's kind of like uh, definitely damaging for my psyche. But the fact that all the transfer shit came back, like we were pretty much done. The preseason had started, but we're like maybe one more and stuff. And now it's go time again. There's like a hundred names being thrown around because they know. So let me ask you guys that. I give you both scenarios and how many players do you think we will need to replace? If Fab goes galley, how many do you want to get signed? I think you already answered the question with Fab and Hando in terms of, you know, one experience, one project. But yeah. if Fab is gone, are you content with getting Lavia and we move on? Yes, I will handle it. If, if Henderson's staying and you have Lavia, I think you have your veteran and you have your project. Okay. Bickler. Fab goes I, if Fab and Hendo goes. Because bear in mind, you know, as of last week, we were kind of hoping for one more midfielder. So now we're kind of like subtracting as well. But where are you at? So if Henderson stays, I, th I still think we need three. I think we need a midfielder, a center back. And I still think that we need some semblance of a right-sided attacker. No I know way. that like everyone – Look, Gally, just because we have 11 left-sided attackers doesn't mean that we can just continually flop them over he's the right side. He's going to play. He's going to play Doak. He's going to play Doak and Gordon on the right-hand side no, as cover. That's not. That's not. But that's not. He's that going is the to. Answer. Doesn't mean that's, it's a solution. Like, yeah. it's what he's like. You know, like okay, we went through this. But he said he's going to not buy a midfielder because we have eight last summer, and we saw how that worked out. It worked out exactly how he thought it would work out. Not well. Two mids and a center back. Says Shelton. To be fair, I think Gally, you were just answering in terms of midfielders, right? You're still probably advocating for a center back signing if doable. Oh, I, I definitely am, but I I genuinely think that, you know, if the reports are true that Klopp actually was dumb enough to have another personal conversation with a player under contract with another team, um, he's just proving that you go back to the well once too often and it'll work. Because if it's true that he actually had a personal conversation with Leo Colwell and his family about like their willingness to wait almost like what he did with Van Dyke when he talked to Van Dyke, tapped him up and said, Hey, if they slap me on the wrist, we'll just wait another year, but we're going to come back and get you. <laughs> like that's basically how the conversation went. I don't think you're getting Colwell out of Chelsea this year. So if you really want that player, you are waiting another year. And let's be honest, we don't need to sign a center back. We have four of them. I don't think they are long-term the right four. But we have four under contract, and one can give you cover at right back. So, for me, I don't think a center back is coming in unless one, like, literally creeps up out of nowhere. At this point, I think we're going to have to spend all the resources we have in the midfield. Yeah, I mean, I can, like I say, see – this is where it goes back to the sporting director, man. Like, find a cheap gem that you know of and nobody has – nobody knows of uh, in the Bundesliga or something like that and bring that on board. If you cannot get Colwell, because I do agree, I don't think they spend a lot of money for another center back unless it is Colwell. Like that's the guy they want. If anything, if they need, feel like they need cover, I feel like it would be like a cheaper option, a project. If it works out, it works out. If not, not. And that's where I think our sporting director should come in. So 
with that right side of the conversation, I was going to ask this anyway, but now you opened it up, Vickler. So I'll ask you, uh, where do you guys see Harvey's role this season? As the way things are now, and I really don't think handle maybe, but I don't think obviously fab affects what happens with Harvey. So what do you see as Harvey's role this year? Bear in mind, this dude was like the only dude who started every game and stuff for the longest time, and now he's a slight afterthought. I know, which seems crazy to me that he played as much as he did because, like, he just does he does seem like an afterthought. I'll tell you, if they play this formation or Trent plays that inverted role, I don't see a role for Harvey Elliott, and I think he's going to struggle get it time to get time. Um, I to me, he's one of those ones that doesn't. He's a Carvalho for me. He's a nice player that doesn't fit tactically. Um, and I don't know how how they reckon that. I don't know how they they sort of like reconcile that. Does he change his game in some way to adapt? Or what would he need to change in his game, Galley, to adapt, to fill that role and you know, be in that rotation on the right hand side? I, I think the biggest problem is is he doesn't he he has to change the one thing he can't, which is pace. Um like genuinely, because honestly, he's an attacker. He's not. A, we've all said this, right? We don't think he's a midfielder, especially in this system. And if Trent's going to be tucking in, you have to do more defensively, not less. And I just don't see him doing it. And I, I just so I feel like the midfield's almost passed him by. I think I forget. Maybe it was Mike Martin said Harvey League Cup. I, I actually think that's what it ends up being. I think Harvey Elliott gets minutes in cup competitions, and I think he ends up being. What Paul doesn't want to hear the alternate option to a Ben Doke or a Kai Gordon on the right. And I think he actually in league cup matches <laughs> and in the Europa league, he can Paul, he can play. He did it last year. He hit his best performances were three FA cup games in a row where he started on the right. They were his best performances. The second half of the season, the winner against you Wolves. just got done saying that he I, needs to fix the one thing he can't pace. Well, first of like, all, that's the, our entire top, but, our entire front three is predicated on pace. Yeah. But at, at some point, they are going to have to alter some tactical moves. And, and, and at some point, then you're going to run the ball through Diaz on the left instead of Mo on the right. And at some point, like we haven't, Jota doesn't have the same top end pace that Darwin has or Diaz has, but he still does the job for us on the left. And I'm not comparing Elliot to him. But we've had slower players in the front three compared to other speedsters that we've had in the past. Like it, it isn't like we've never played with it. We all argued that Ox couldn't do it, and but then the, every five minutes, Tamuchin would have him starting in the middle through the false. Hey, night. he needed those opportunities, <laughs> damn it, and I still stand by it. Uh, but I mean, the thing is, like with Jota, I understand what you're saying. Like when he doesn't have the, like the top speed, that maybe, but. But he has a lot of other things. No, he's a poacher. He's a goal scorer. I'm not comparing. I'm just using an example of how the tactics change at times, depending on which way we're running the, the side through. He's I just going don't know if they change. I don't know if they change enough. That's And that's and, a, a separate and conversation. Probably. Why I really don't like that on the left, to be fair. And again, this is, <laughs> this is where I come back to. I'm not saying that this is what we should do. I'm saying you asked me what his role will be. I'm giving you, I think he's the seventh or eighth midfielder is honestly what I think he is. And I don't think that's good enough for a player with those skills. Once again, if you can't find your tactics to fit him, then find a club for him to play at and sell him for a profit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's my, I, I can see that happening to. next offseason, to be honest with you. Unless we, like something's changed or he changes his game or obviously he's not going to get any faster. But I mean, unless his defensive rate changes, and he improves that, and I just don't see it because it's not the style of player that he is. So you're kind of like asking him to do something that he's not built to do. But uh, Harvey <laughs> Stelliot says, "Michael, <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty well. yeah. that's pretty good." Uh, Michael yeah. says, "I missed well, the show." Well, to be fair, you didn't miss a whole lot. Yeah, you didn't miss much, bro. ramblings we probably do uh, every week over here. The internet's forever. It's taped. I agree. I mean, I really would rather have Jets on the nine, but I know what Galley's saying. Like in a pinch, you can use them as a winger as well. So. End of the show as we approach it over here before it really comes off the rails. Uh, prediction time for next Monday. When we sit here next Monday, will Bickler be wearing purple? 
Galley. No. Okay, that is correct. Um, so another question. <laughs> another question for next week. Will Handel and Fab still be Liverpool players? Bickler, you can also answer the purple question. Will both of them be Liverpool players? Yes. Uh, I think – I do not think the Henderson situation will be sorted. I think Fabinho will be done by then. Okay. And the purple? Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny whether laundry will be done then. <laughs> Galley, who is staying? Who is going? Who is the Liverpool player next week? Is Hando and Fab are still part of the – are they in the camp? Well, Fab definitely will not be in camp. I think Hendo. I think I think Hendo will still be there. To Paul's point, I don't know that he'll be there by whatever August thirteenth or whatever the first day of the season is. Um, I I genuinely think Fab will be done in the next like forty eight hours. It seems like it's formalities at this point, um, and. And at that point, I think we just have to hopefully have some serious discussions around a replacement. Yeah, I don't even have to ask Saito if he wants Hendo gone. I knew he would be all over. I was going to say, I wanted to yell out to him. He didn't miss much except for a program that he would have disagreed with 80% of. (laughs) (laughs) Glad to be part of that 20%. But we appreciate you. So he would appreciate that, I think. So, okay, going back to that part with one guy gone this time next week. Galley, is there a new name in that camp? No. (laughs) That that was a fake. He faked you out. So what do you have, Bickler? Yeah, I don't think so yet. I think there'll be be another one coming. I just don't think it'll be done by next Monday. Okay. Uh, I'll go with Fab out. Handle is still there. So Saito can start crying now. Um, and I do think there will be one name coming in, especially with Fab going out, that situation getting sorted out. And I I would probably be con- – it's odd because now I feel like if we do get Lavia and Fab out Lavia, and I would feel more comfortable. I, I'm okay with that midfield, uh, which is kind of odd because I know like a week or so ago we felt like we still needed one more person and I would say go get a project to our sporting director. Um, sees at least, yes, Henderson. Yeah, I know. Don't don't get me started, Saito. Don't get me started. So let's end the show without tears. Yeah, we just got Timuchi calmed down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was gonna sure. say he he got through an entire show, and honestly, <laughs> if it wasn't for talking about Henderson, he wouldn't have mentioned Bobby. And honestly, I thought that was like I was really proud of him for that. Like he almost right. got through the show without having to bring him up. And it, it's then he got all emotional, and Ox got brought up again. And yeah, like, and then Ox came up, and he was like, else. "Don't you get me going? <laughs> Don't you let me fight for my children?" Yeah, it's been a, it's gonna be a sad, sad night. I'm gonna have to drink myself to sleep or something. But I think same thing with Bobby. You know, like these two guys were guys that I felt like. How dare you criticize my lifestyle right now, Gally? Victor has kids. No, so, like aren't those players that you can say to somebody young? Hey, you know what? This is a good role model to follow on the pitch, off the pitch kind of thing. And I think, I mean, this team has a lot of like likable characters and stuff. Uh, I don't know if I want to tell my kids, see Robertson, this is what you want to be doing kind of deal. (laughs) (laughs) But I think with like Bobby and um, Hendo, they were that kind of player on the on and off. Uh, smile on the face, very professional, go about their business kind of a thing. Hardworking, good work rates. And you didn't have a game where you said, you know, they might not have played great, but you could never doubt like the work rate they put in and like the like the shift they put in. I guess. Go ahead, Gal. It feels like that's what why they've decided to let Tiago run down his contract because I think right now, especially for the non English speaking players, Tiago is the veteran leader in the dressing room, and I think Tiago oh, plays. Can. But. <laughs> Well, I mean, he does speak every single language that anyone in the whole dressing room speaks. But I, I genuinely think, like, for Diaz, for for Nunez, I think it's important, even for, for Allison, like, you know, losing Fabinho and Bobby in the same summer for Allison is a big deal. Like, these are his Brazilian yeah. guys. They did the holidays together. But they still have Tiago. They still have Luis Diaz. They still have, you know, a young Darwin. But listen, 
that's real. I, I think that actually plays into things when it comes to like the players coming in. Like we had this blend of talent and, um, and people right on this yeah. side. And I feel like now it's like, it really is on Tiago Virgil and Mo. And then it's time for Trent to step up as like the Englishman in this side and be the leader. Because God help us if it's Curtis Jones. Have you seen those goddamn pants on holiday? What? God help us. Amen. Anyone who wears those pants. Gally is like a is like the 90-year-old get-off-my-lawn guy when it comes to fashion, dude. Again, I guarantee you that he hangs out with Calvert-Lewis, though. 100%. <laughs> 100%. No question. I mean, have you seen this, dude? I mean, the picture with him and Dr. Dre in L.A. was amazing. And I was shocked because Curtis Jones literally looked like he was a homeless person standing next. Curtis to Jones Dr. may Dre. make us favorites for Kelvin Phillips. Man, you guys on fashion, man, unbelievable. But Amazing. anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that was one I of mean, my look at that thoughts. purple shirt. What do you mention with the Tiago and stuff? Because when Fab happened after that, I was like, "Who is Ali gonna hang with? He's not going to be too thrilled about this." Was my thoughts and. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of dynamic changing. Um, but, hey, I mean, we'll talk about probably uh, in the upcoming shows about, like, who's going to replace the leadership if Hando does go and Saidu is happy. Uh, we'll come back and, like, talk about it and see who replaces Hando in that leadership role. But I still feel like, you know, in some ways, yeah, if you're in a winning mode, it's a bit easier to replace that. But when you struggle and you don't have that leadership, Shit can go down really fast. See, you make a guy like Harry Maguire your captain. Yes. Well, he's available. You said you want a center back. There you go. Done. (laughs) Bring him over with his leadership. Well, everybody, if you're listening right now, give us a like, a follow. Head on to the YouTube stage, the YouTube channel. Give us a subscription there as well. All free, all good, and it's all us. So I don't know if that's a good part at the end, but... I will be back to Wednesday morning with the morning show, so stay tuned for that. And this gang will be here with us next week, next Monday. Thanks to all those following, commenting. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great week, everyone. Take care.